0: So Let's just quickly pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you're building us into your image. I thank you, Father, you're building the church. I thank you through your word and your spirit. I thank you that your word says that true worshipers worship in spirit and truth, and they worship from anywhere and everywhere they are. I thank you, Father, for the freedom that we enjoy. I thank you for the life that you have brought us that's written that's spoken and that we're coming into and as we continue to seek you for your ways your life to understand how you operate god i pray tonight you would reveal more of yourself in us to us and through us i pray lord we would be encouraged be edified by you tonight and so father teach us Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us and lead us into the fullness of truth, which is yourself. For then we are set ablaze and we are free, becoming free, and living from freedom. So Father, I just thank you for this opportunity and I thank you for everyone that's made it here. And for all the hungry and thirsty people in this church that want to grow and be ambassadors for you to represent you here on earth while we're here so blessed this time may be your hand and your favour be upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. I just, uh, before I get underway, I thought I'd just recap why we're here. It's always good to remind um, everybody why we come. And so last year, God was speaking to me about raising the culture and the climate of Leadership. In this house, in this body, and so to raise the culture and the climate of leadership, that means our minds must think differently, our hearts must be open to being grown because culture starts within us, climate starts within us, and then it will naturally just come out of us. So often we try and change things as we looked at last time with Greg through just the outcome. We we go straight after the outcome without going through a process and we never get the outcome we desire. So then we try another way and another way and another way, but we never come out with the right outcome. And so the why we are here, the why we will continue to be here every Wednesday night is to create a culture and a climate of leadership leaders. It's leaders that change things. It's not, hear what I'm saying, it's not followers. Followers follow leaders. Leaders are the ones that carry responsibility. Leaders are the ones that action things. Leaders are the ones who put their neck on the line and say, come follow me. And the greatest leaders are servant leaders. And Jesus was the greatest leader because he was a servant leader, and he patterned what leadership looked like. He patterned uh, what it is to have love on the inside of you and to lead from love. He patterned leading from relationship with his father, not leading from function. And so for us, we must be those type of leaders. We must lead from relationship, not function. We must not lead from a gifting. We must lead from relationship and let relationship define the gifting. If you lead from function, you will see people predominantly as assets, uh, commodities, resources to get your function done, your goal done, and you can burn people in the process. And Jesus was never about burning people. He was about lifting people up, wasn't he? When his men were trying to burn people, he said, what are you on earth are you guys doing? He said, I come here to save, not to kill man. And so this whole area of leadership is powerful because leaders can kill people. Wrong leadership can actually control people, not protect people. And so we have to be leaders that lead the way Christ led um, and represent him the best we can, knowing that we're all growing and we're all on a journey of growth and transformation. And if we'll commit to him and one another, then what could happen? What could this church be like? What would it look like in a year? if we all commit to growth. you know, Jesus says, I pray that they would be one, Father, as we are one, that they would have fellowship with us. What would a church that's in more oneness in a year's time look like than it does today? And these are the things that I ask you to consider, to think about as leaders, to be pondering, what would it look like to see the kingdom come in your life more and in the lives of those people you're discipling more? Do we think that way? Do we think of others and walking with others? Because leaders do. Leaders are not consumed with themselves, they're consumed with others, and through that, they grow. And so, these are the things that I hope we'll wrestle with. And as we've looked at um, the things that we share over these nights, will be practical, spiritual. You'll be able to use them at home, you use them in school, you'll be able to use them wherever you are. And if you're a CEO, if you're a salesperson, wherever you are. The hope is that what you're hearing you can take and apply in a practical way. And um, that's going to be the same tonight, but before um, I get into it, like everything is a wee test. So without looking at your notes, and I know this was two months ago, we looked at four leadership practices, and we've taught on four leadership practices so far that leaders model. What are they? Challenge the process. Well done. Leaders challenge the process. They ask questions. Why do you do it like that? Help me understand your reason for that. And we looked at how there's a way in which you challenge the process, isn't there? Because there's a wrong way and there's a right way. Sometimes people challenge the process just to get their point across. That's what they're interested in. They're not really trying to understand why the other person has got where they're at. So challenge the process is one. Awesome. A shared purpose. Great. So what's our purpose as a church? (laughs) See how we've all got a lot of work to do, haven't we? No. (laughs) Knowing him, loving others, walking together. And there's so much that sits behind that, isn't there? But that's in simple terms... Our purpose, knowing Him, loving others. So we have a shared purpose, we have a common goal that we're all moving towards different paces, different realities. God will take us through different situations for that reality. So challenge the process, a shared purpose. What was that? You'll be quiet. Who heard what he said? Oh. <laughs> okay, modelling the way—it's probably the most important one, because um, out of modelling comes everything. So we've got to model what we expect. We're going to inspect what we expect, but don't ever expect anyone to do something you're not prepared to do. So we have to model and be the example. People need to see an example, don't they? Show me what love looks like. Okay. Show me what peace looks like. Show me what generosity looks like. Show me what laying your life down looks like. Show me what being still looks like. So there's a modeling of the way. Show me what prayer looks like. Show me how you enter in and eat of him and drink of him. So the last one. It's good. Three, one more. Boom, Rodney's on fire with the help of Kirk. <laughs> All right, enable others to act. So I'd encourage you to eat those four things plus the two I'm about to say. So if I ask you again next time, it comes off your tongue like that. Okay. So if I asked you what your phone number was right now, you'd know it. If I asked you where you lived, you'd know it. If I asked you what you were passionate about, you'd know it. So in the area of leadership, these are the attributes, the practices that great leaders, good leaders model. And so we need to know it so we can live it. Otherwise it just stays some abstract concept out there somewhere and life never changes. Or what we expect to see we never get because we're doing the same thing we've always done, which is called insanity. And so, like I've said in previous times that We can't change anybody, and that's not the goal of leadership. The goal of leadership is to be changed. And as you are changed yourself, you inspire other people through the demonstration of your life to change. Jesus changes and builds the church, yes. So we're not trying to change anybody. We're called to love people. And if we love people, we believe all things, hope all things, that people will change and grow. So the fifth practice which is in your notes i think it's on page 3 is encourage the heart encourage the heart how many people know that appreciation always lifts it never pulls down. Appreciation, words of life, words that encourage, always lift. Even smile at someone, it lifts them. If you share with someone, just thank you for serving me. I had a conversation just in the cafe that I, one of the cafes I go to, in Mojo uh, in the town. And, and I don't know about you guys, but in a lot of the cafes and a lot of the restaurants, I don't know, people are, the, the people serving have seemed to lost a little bit of courteousness and they just reach across you now and just grab your plate. It happened when we were out as elders and they don't say, excuse me, they don't ask if you've finished, they just seem to be in a hurry to get home and they want to just grab your plate and you can have you know, food still on it or a drink and it's still half full or it's a little bit in it. And yet there's this one girl who works at Mojo who, she's, 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 she's awesome And she asks, and she says, have you finished? She's polite, she's courteous, and so I just took the time to say, I just want to encourage you and thank you, that that's a rarity today. And I go in a lot of cafes. (laughs) And I just said, that's a rarity that you do what you do really well. You make me and everyone here feel welcome because I've watched you, and you, you, you do it in a way that's uplifting. And she just shone, and she just said thank you. It doesn't take much does it it's like when I'm leaving moving off and I'm going it doesn't take much at all and so I want to encourage you to be someone who encourages the heart do you find encouragement easy or hard easy everyone's saying easy anyone find it hard Sure. So it's depending on the day you're having. I probably find encouragement hard. I think naturally, I don't think I'm a natural encourager. I'll encourage if I see something that I think is worthy of encouragement. But someone's having a conversation down here. But is that well? Um, I don't think I'm a natural encourager. And so it's an area that, that I need to work on. Um, because as I said, I think if I see something, or someone does well, but is it naturally coming out of me? I, I, I don't think so. And so it's an area that I want to grow in and, and improve on. Um, I think as a whole, as a general statement as well, uh, as a culture, you know, I think other cultures are better this than we are as a natural culture the Americans just seem to have this down pat they just it just seems to flow out of them now at times that can be unnatural and it can be a a fake thing but at the same time they are positive people and so um, there is the encouragement of our words but then there's putting courage in and that's another side of encouragement is where you actually put courage into a person through how you live. So I haven't had the chance to listen to Chris's message, but I've already had three bits of feedback on the message of just the testimony that people have felt courage put in them from what they heard. Now, I did hear it a few weekends ago while we were away, so I've got a handle on what Chris has said, even though I haven't heard this one. But that's different, again, where you put courage in. And through an actual testimony, through a form of change of what you've gone through, then as you share that, courage is put in. And it's f- for the purpose, and I was sharing with someone today, that you know so often we can, um, we can enjoy someone else's testimony of what Christ has done, but miss that at the same time that's for us, to hang on to and to have in the forefront of our thinking when God wants to take us through something. And it's almost like when God said to the Israelites, lay some stones here so you can remember what we've done together and what I've done. So when you're about to go through the next part of your journey, you will remember back, and that remembering will actually inspire you and grab you to go through this next phase. So, think about that as well. Think about the words in which you say, how you say them. We're going to look at that in the area of communication. But think about also through living and being the model, that through that you're putting courage in people for them to live out this life as well. So, in your notes, it says just under encourage the heart if we are going to encourage people. So this is a very practical thing I'm about to share. If we're going to encourage people, then we need to be specific in our encouragement. If we're going to encourage people, then we need to be specific in our encouragement. Praising people without specifics... Doesn't mean much. People say your message was good. What was good about it? I don't know. It's just good, and that's good. <laughs> but be specific. I uh, I like that. What did you like about that? Uh. See, you can encourage but not really encourage. You can give it lip service or you can really encourage. So I'll just, one example, I really got a lot out of the message when you spoke about the operating systems of the spirit and the flesh. This made me see that I've been operating from the flesh. Thanks for teaching this truth. That's specific. So think about in the encouragement of the heart what you're actually speaking into and be specific around that, okay? So it's okay to be general, but go be a one step beyond that because then it'll give value to help what the person's saying or what they're modelling. And once again, that puts courage in a person. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but when you, when you realise people, so in my context, when you realise people are eating and contemplating and wrestling with what you're saying because of where you've gone to get that food it puts courage in me so to see people actually participating and moving towards and letting go of themselves and trusting in God and what's being said and going after puts courage in me that makes me want to go and seek him more to bring more forward And I think we're all the same in that. It actually is like, man, there is people going after it It makes it worthwhile. Now you do it for him, and that's what makes it worthwhile. But at the same time, it encourages, put courage in, to want to go beyond. So think about that as well. Encouraging the heart also means speaking to and addressing. The heart issues. Encouraging the heart also means speaking to and addressing the heart issues. Now, as leaders, this is where it gets a little bit <laughs> challenging. Is a good word, but see it as a invitation. See it as. Wanting to help someone else advance. Noelle and I had an awesome conversation today around some things and we were dialing around the ability to walk together having each other's best interests at heart so you would bring things to one another because you're wanting to see the other person grow and advance and develop. And it doesn't matter how sticky that conversation might get, Love covers, and in our conversation, we were trying to hear one another, real hear what the Spirit was saying so we can get clarity on what one another is saying, and what was even cool, if I can just use this example, is afterwards, Noel came back to me after we'd had about an hour and a half together and said, look, there's one thing I just need to make sure you heard me on, and so then he came, and as we were encouraging one another, but this is the journey that... We are going on as a church, but leaders lead the way. And there's a way in which we encourage the heart through that process. So we need wisdom. We need the right words. We need God's timing. But we need to be able to go there as well. What for? Not to, you're wrong, but to help someone be maybe released or in an area of truth that they think is truth, but you're seeing it's not but they don't think it you know, they think it is you know, there's areas of our lives that we can't see and other people can see you know, I'm going to talk about this on Sunday where it says, you know you you say you know me but you can't keep my commandments This it says you're a liar the person's not intentionally thinking they're a liar they genuinely think they know God Okay? So they generally think, yeah, I know God. Well, God says, if you knew me, you'd keep my commandments. So the reality is we are partly seeing. And because we partly see, we can think we're in something, and we're actually not. But we genuinely, authentically believe we're in life. But someone else can see that it's not producing the fruit of life. Does that make sense? And so we have to go and encourage the heart and then hope and believe they respond well. And then together we work work it out together. And we all have to be teachable. So we all have to model the ability to be taught if we're going to teach. Yes? So if you can't be teachable, don't even go there. That's the prerequisite for actually holding and walking with people if you... Are not teachable. Don't even try and teach someone else. If you can't, you know if the log hasn't been moved out your own eye. Don't even attempt to remove the speck. It's interesting, that isn't it? The logs in your eye, the specks in your brother's eye. <laughs> so encouraging the heart means speaking and addressing the heart issues. What people do is always motivated. By what's in the heart. What people do is always motivated by what's in the heart. We don't address the behavior, the external, as our primary objective. But we address what's happening in the heart, the internal, if we want to see lasting change. And that's a challenge. Because the easiest thing to do is try and get an external change of behavior. But how many people know that doesn't last? So people behave the right way out of fear, possibly, out of pressure, out of guilt. And so the drivers are all wrong. They're trying to change through a certain way, and it's an external way. And this this is for everything that we do. Everything in Christ starts in. And that's what Jesus says in the scripture there when he says in Matthew 23, you blind Pharisees. That's interesting. That comes back to that statement, you blind, you can't see. You think you can see, but you can't see. But I can see, you can't see, he's saying. So you blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. So if the inside gets taken care of, their behavior is an expression of the inner realm. So good and bad. Anger that's expressed comes from the inside. So there's something that needs to be dealt with as the root, insecurity, fear is on the inside. And Christ wants to trump that obviously with his word. So faith comes, love comes, okay? So we don't, an encouragement in this area of putting courage in, you. it's about the inside getting dealt with. And that's why we, as leaders and disciples of one another, want to go and help people and share with people and put courage in people to allow God in. And we've been talking a lot about this, haven't we, as as a church, that there are areas of our hearts that we want to keep locked down. But you know in keeping that locked down, you lock yourself down. And Jesus came to bring freedom. So it's anti-Christ behavior which keeps you small. So who's losing in that? You are. I am. See, it's anti-the way that God's come. So We need to be able to help people, encourage people, put courage in people that they will go somewhere with him to be set free because there are things that can be, necessarily, but they can be learned behaviour patterns. The root system still needs to be ripped out. And so any time that button gets pushed, it activates the root system and hangry man comes out, or whatever that looks like, and you're faced running away. Greg, next time, is going to talk about how do you respond? Do you respond or react? So, as leaders, do we respond or react? See, people who just react are reacting because they've been, something's happened. But people that are dealing with issues, they take a step back. And they think about their response. Or they just respond from a different reality. And so we have to encourage people to go and allow God into areas that will set them free. Doesn't mean they do. Doesn't mean they want to. And like we've been looking at, everyone has to agree with him and allow him to do that work. But he wants to do it. So that's the fifth practice, is encourage the heart. It can be done just, obviously, what we talked about through the words, through the power of the tongue to lift up. You see people do certain things. When was the last time you encouraged someone? When was the last time you encouraged your husband, your wife, your child, your work colleague, someone in your discipleship group? We said we found encouragement easy. So I want to encourage you to be an encourager and help me be an encourager because it's an area that I'm growing in. So the sixth uh, leadership practice is constant and clear communication. Constant and clear communication. Man, communication. (laughs) This is the bugbear of every church, every organization, every business, every family, every relationship. If you can get this nailed, it's awesome. And if you can't, it's a nightmare. (laughs) constant and clear communication there are multiple forms of communication but and this isn't in your notes so maybe just write these down somewhere where there's a bit of a white blank there's visual visual communication verbal and written, visual, verbal, written. Now, years ago, and I don't know if these, these um, facts are current today, but I remember studying some of this stuff, leadership, management stuff, and they talk about how in the area of communication, the visual's 55%. So people, you know, if you're trying to communicate, it's so a visual communication carries a weight of 55%. Verbal carries a weight of 38, and written is 7. Which tells me that body language is really important. So how you communicate in your body language is actually screaming a reality. And if you think about that for us, even here, in our context of I'm so in love with you. I'm so in love with you. It's amazing to know you. You'd be amazed at what we see on stage. (laughs) I think we should all be part of the music thing for a while, and you go. (laughs) Not that we're looking. Here we are, (laughs) and so is God. And so, you know, a face says a thousand words You know, our visual expression And and this isn't to manufacture everything This is to come out of us Because like I said before When the issues of the heart get dealt with It just comes out, you know And so, um, in spoken Okay, so verbal tone Is really important the tone of your voice can—you know—you could can encourage someone with the wrong tone, and that's not encouragement at all. You've just killed them. So tone. Think about your tone when speaking. Even wherever you are, you know, if you're in—if you're in—if um, you're in business, when you answer, when if you're ringing a customer, your tone. Yeah. Hey, good morning, Dick Smith. I'm sure we've all had them. People, where you're fitting the phone, it's like, God, you sound like you really want to be there. <laughs> Smile while you're talking, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Smile while you're talking. So once again, in this area of constant and clear communication, think about your verbal, uh, sorry, your, your physical, your visual demonstration. Think about your tone and how you communicate. The words you use, the tone, and then obviously writing is is writing, and you need to think about that as well, you know, because yeah, reread how you what you send can either build up or bring down um, so under under that point number six, clear, simple, and understood communication. Clear, simple, and understood communication is one of the hardest things to get right in any church, organization, business, group, and then put in their relationship. I think God was having a laugh when he did put man and woman together and gave us completely different operating systems and said, this would be funny. (laughs) You know, it says that God created a helper, (laughs) a suitable helper. That's right. (laughs) And, you know, it takes work in any Relationship it doesn't matter what the relationship is, whether it's a husband or a wife, or a parent and a child, a a, a a grandparent, whether it's business and sport, whatever environment you're in, even when you just go to the supermarket, you know, it's the hardest thing. It's certainly been one of the hardest things to get right here. You know, even from what I'm saying now, can you clearly hear, and am I clearly communicating what I'm trying to communicate through words? That's really tricky at times and that's why we need to seek understanding and clarity because sometimes you can hear something someone may say something through words that's not the intent of their heart but you maybe don't ask for clarity and they're working on their words they use to communicate something and so before you know it instead of being one we're now divided And so trying to get clear, constant communication needs to be worked at. You know, we'll send emails out, people don't even read them. And then they ask, well, when did we talk about this? Oh, six weeks ago, with the three emails plus the notices. (laughs) You know, that was verbal, (laughs) verbal at the front, written, communicated, did a bit of a jig. Oh, that was the day he was late. (laughs) But, you know, in the church, it's one of the hardest things. Why? Because there's a spiritual dynamic at play, especially when you start preaching and communicating, like, the truth. You know, if you have ears to hear. Jesus said, you don't understand because you can't hear the word. And so we have an extra dynamic thing at play hence we have to work harder than anyone else to try and make sure we are heard and understood yeah so great leaders in the notes over communicate their message and communicate their message in multiple ways Great leaders over-communicate their message and communicate their message in multiple ways. Now, once again, don't just think here. Think in every area of life you're in. So if you're... I'm, I'm co-coaching netball at the moment. Stepping out. <laughs> Got our first game on Saturday, and it's all about winning. Um, <laughs> It's funny, you know what's really funny? We get this manual from the school and it says the conduct rules for netball in Plymouth and school for the players, the coaches, the managers, the parents and it's all the first line is the kids play to have fun okay but the kids don't and this is what was really funny because I go, what are that's, a, that's written by a non-sports person right there let's just get that clear, <laughs> so we said to the kids, and this wasn't even me, this was the, the other lady I'm coaching with, hey guys, and um, she says, so kids, and all the girls around there, and she says, so what do we want to do this year with the team, what are some of the goals, we want to win, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in the right team here, <laughs> and it was funny, I don't know why I'm talking about that, but. In coaching, we need, I, need, I need to have I need clear communication. So I need to know the positions. I need to know netball lingo. I need to know the rules. Man, there's so many rules in netball. It's crazy, eh? Man. <laughs> I said, just use words. Obstruction. <laughs> it's not like this. <laughs> crazy hand signals. Anyway, um, so great leaders over-communicate their message and communicate their message in multiple ways. Jesus did it all the time. Now, so often we we will well, give us something new. There's only one message. It's called Jesus Christ. What's contained in Christ are different elements, but it all comes back to Christ. It's the same message: repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. On the revelation of Christ, Jesus built His church. It's the same message. So we need to think about how we. Word the message differently. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God was not multi-different ways. He's just using different analogies, different imagery to paint a picture because for those, there, for those people over there, that's what grabbed them. For those people over there, that's what grabbed them. For those people over there, that's what grabbed them. But it's the same message. And so as leaders, we have a message to speak. So if you're a discipleship group leader... What is the purpose of your group? Be quiet, Rodney. You've answered three questions all right. You're already going to get a gold star. I did in a roundabout way. so what so so what 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 is it? Do you know your message? How often do you speak your message? How often are you bringing life, vision? purpose to what your group's about. So if you don't do this, people will make it up. If you're a disciple, any leader you'll wonder why people aren't following because you're not communicating clearly, you're not keeping the vision in front of the people. What does the Bible say? Without vision, without the ability to see where you're going, people will wander astray. So that's a leadership issue, it's not a follower issue. Hence, leaders need to grow so they can lead better. Amen? So think about that. Think about your own boss. Do you know the vision of your work, the purpose of your workplace? (laughs) Are you able to articulate why you're part of an organization and what that organization is trying to achieve? See, people turn up for all sorts of reasons. And the reason will determine why they turn up challenge eh? well I go to work to get money well that's actually your vision that's your purpose but that might not probably is not the purpose of the organization and so it's 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 all over the place what's the purpose of your family as a couple if you're married and as an individual do you have a purpose for your life that's defined by God Are you moving towards God's purpose for the church? Well, you've got to know what that is. Otherwise, you'll create your own purpose and you'll live for that purpose. It's not rocket science. It just is the way it is. So as leaders, we need to be constantly communicating where we're going. And as leaders, we are literally signposts, aren't we, that point people towards him. People don't, you know, if you go to Mount Ruapehu, you don't stand there looking at the sign that points to Mount Ruapehu and go, wow, the sign's pretty cool. (laughs) No, you go, oh, the sign says go that way. And then you stand and look at Mount Ruapehu and go, wow, that's incredible. So that's what we are to be, signposts pointing people to the Father. We don't want people looking at us But if you're not someone who knows how to bring vision in life, people will look at you. And then you become God. And then they put expectations on you and say, How come you're not fixing me? Chris, you're supposed to be doing this, 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 and this. Why? Because without even knowing it, sometimes you can step into the role of God because you're not pointing people towards God. So we've got to grow, eh? We've got to constantly be growing great leaders also ask their hearers great leaders also ask their hearers what they have in fact heard so they know that they have been clearly heard and understood wrote this question down and this was for me. Is what I am trying to say what I actually mean? <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, is it what I actually mean? And there's been times when what's come out of my mouth isn't my heart position and the words that have been used could have been better to try and describe my heart and so people have misunderstood me. And that's an area, another area that I'm wanting to grow in. Is I remember Steve McCracken saying, "What God is doing here is too vital to be misunderstood with using the wrong words." And so that really hit me. And going, man, okay, so words in and amongst themselves, it's aren't. aren't hear what I'm saying? Words aren't important, but they are. Okay, so for us, it's the word that transforms us, but in trying to communicate the word through words, people can go that way when they should have gone that way. It can still happen if you clearly articulate with words, because it happened to Jesus all the time. But he was perfect in his speech, and what he said came from the right place. So my challenge is, Do my words match the word that I'm trying to say? And how do I work on that and be in a growth area of that? So that's one of the areas I'm growing in this year, wanting to grow in, and less is more. Hey, Kirsten. (laughs) So think about it. Because the challenge is we all hear through filters, don't we? We all hear through lenses, and some of those lenses are right and some of them aren't. So, when someone says something, that can press a button, and all of a sudden, that lens that's not accurate gets activated, and you hear the completely wrong thing, thinking you've heard the right thing, and then you've already made a judgment on that, and now you're living that out. That's dangerous. That's why, and that's why we encourage all the time to come and ask and seek clarity on anything you've heard so you know you've heard correctly. I think it's such a shame if offence is caused or people go the wrong way because they didn't go through a process of making decision based on true knowledge and understanding and assumed. That happens all the time in the church. Because we won't go to the source for whatever reasons, probably fear. We don't go to the source and ask and seek clarity, and we must. That's what the Bible teaches. So, we must for the very purpose. So, we have to be aware that we have filters, we all have presuppositions, we have pasts, we have things that God wants to work. So, we need to hear, write, and ask clarity. Jesus asked, Who do you say that I am? He was the master at asking questions. Um, He he asked questions, he spoke in parables, and then he repeated himself all the time, you know, uh, to try and get people to think and to hear and understand. Um, Just the last bit in your notes leaders understand and can tailor their communication approaches in accordance to the need at hand. Leaders understand and can tailor their communication approaches in accordance to the need at hand. Okay, this is a massive, massive area. So an example. Leaders use face-to-face communication when it comes to matters of the heart, not email. Why? Why? You can't communicate your heart, can you? Yeah, which is a lack of the person understanding. Other reasons why if there is issues that need to be discussed, sensitive issues, email is not the vehicle. Neither a text. Okay, You think about it. Think about what the enemy's trying to do okay, he'll use it to rob, break apart, you'll read it and go, there, and the person's hoping you've gone there, so straight away, you've assumed something, and now you're off, especially if it activates a a wound or something that's still raw, and where we're to be one, now we're in division. It's this is this is an area you know, like it's one of the things we put in as staff. We say if you have an issue, email. Emails are just good in the area of communication for facts. What time? What's the date? Where is it? If you are trying to solve an issue or you're wanting to address, please don't use email. People hide behind it. And this modern age of technology is wanting to rip apart relationship. That's, it's, that's, that's the spirit of the world is trying to get everybody living in their own little silo and yet God created for us to be in relationship. And it's winning. Kids. How many? Adults. Facebook. You can have your own little world on one of these. And you can think you're in a relationship with one of these, with people who all have one of these, but it's not a real relationship. And so you talk on Facebook. No, face to face. So there's wisdom in God's ways, isn't there? So great leaders, leaders understand the different ways in which they must communicate, how to communicate, the forms of communication. Why? Because the goal, especially in our context, is oneness, is restoration, is to walk together. Not to walk away, that we would all enter into the fullness of God's purposes now and in the future. And the most important thing is the person can hear your heart and you have an opportunity to to explain your heart and bring clarity to why you're saying there's an opportunity for questions, dialogue, good, healthy discussion. Make sense? Um, So the last thing, leaders understand that no communication is a form of communication. So leaders understand that no communication is a form of communication. There's plenty of room for assumption. Why didn't they ring me back? Do they not like me anymore? They mustn't like me anymore. Maybe nobody likes me anymore. I think I'll go and play over there on my own. And all of a sudden you've created a scenario because maybe someone lost their phone. (laughs) Maybe someone hasn't seen the message. Maybe someone accidentally deleted the message. And so we need to communicate because no communication is communication. And danger is people start assuming a whole lot of stuff. Our mind, man, it runs rampant, and once again, as we're in process of we're struggling with certain things, our flesh might push that button, or the enemy will come. See, I told you, no one liked you, Greek, and all of a sudden, a scenario where does the battle? One of mine, right here, and you've literally created a reality that's false, and you're living it out. It's scary, this stuff, and it happens. People literally believe a lie. And live the lie. And they are convinced it's the truth and it's not. And you try and go back from that and it's like a nightmare. You're trying to restore a relationship but the person's already said it's a done deal, signed. And in our context, that just rips the body apart again. Why? Because that's the goal of our adversary, isn't it? He wants to rip us apart. He doesn't want oneness Why? Because oneness, if you and I become the mature oneness that God wants, what does the Bible say happens? A lost world knows he was sent for them. We're becoming the bride of Christ. We're becoming this powerful, powerful church on the earth that walks with God and lives for God. That's a powerful people. So he has to try and attack and rip out the heart of oneness I pray that they would be one as we are one so once again this whole area of communication is vital because we're dealing with people and people have real issues and real stuff and we need to be aware of all that stuff and so the clarity in which we communicate needs to be crystal and be on a journey of crystal communication so we can walk this out together Is that cool? So what we're going to do is um, you're in groups and I'm not sure if they've been handed out. They're about to be handed out. There's some questions in relation to encouragement and communication. So once again, it's just a guide. It's just a framework. You may have some other questions you might want to throw around but maybe nominate someone at the group just to facilitate and um, dialogue about this, grapple with some of the stuff and have some fun.